It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and it can only mean one thing. That's right, it is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Raftery, and we'll be, I'll be with you for the next two hours with all the latest sport. We'll, uh, what we have on the show today is we'll start off with uh, Roscommon and District League Youth Youth Soccer League. Um, all the all the cups and shield finals were on on, on Sunday, and I was I was privileged to be there um, cover covering it uh, for medic and. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of great, a lot of great matches. But I got interviews with two, with two of the of the teams there, so you'll be able to get their thoughts and views. Uh, and uh, that ga- that those uh, games were held in Shivan Rovers pitch, and uh, we spoke to a few people there. So uh, yeah, it was a very enjoyable day. So you'll be that that's first up, and next after that, then we have League of Ireland chat with myself and Robbie Mulvey as always, and uh, we have uh, we'll also have the 1992 Connacht final from uh, from Ray Lennon as well and uh, much much more and then uh, to finish it off myself and Ray will be t- will be taking you through all the fixtures all the results and fixtures in Roscommon GA so plenty to keep you tuned in and uh, of course as always you can listen to us in many ways you can listen to us on the radio on 94.6 FM you can also listen to us on the on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or indeed on the tune in app and don't forget if you miss this show don't worry because the show is podcasted every it's available on the website every monday so uh, you'll be able to listen to it and don't forget as well every thursday from 10 to 11 is g view with myself and uh, special guests as well and that's on from 10 o'clock until 11 and uh, don't forget that that show is also podcasted and available on spotify and also don't forget you can keep up to date as well with all the latest sport on um, the friday's Sport and of course the GA View um, social media site, social media as well. So go on to Facebook, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and indeed Twitter as well. So you can keep up to date there as well. And um, yeah, so if if you have anything, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you as well. If you have anything you'd like to, uh, if you have any views, or if you'd like something read out, or if you'd like uh, to give someone a special mention, why not? Uh, Text us in Texas or send us a WhatsApp message to 0838599748. That's 0838599748. And I'd like to thank thank um, Joe Bambrick there for another great show there. As always, very interesting shows uh, on Feel Good Friday every week. But don't forget, there are other shows as shows as well on Ross FM every day Monday to Friday from 9 o'clock in the morning right through until 7 every day from Monday to Friday so why not support your local radio station and tune in and don't forget sir, some of the most of the shows are also podcasted as well and uh, also just to let you know that I am looking for uh, for for both GA memory for both uh, GA view and of course uh, Friday sport um, I'm looking for a new I suppose correspondence so if, if you're involved in a club in any way as a player or a coach or you know a supporter or you're on the bo- you're on uh, the committee or the board and uh, you'd like to get a, you'd like to get involved in radio and you have a, a good knowledge of sport um, if you want to do a report or do an interview with me every week why not uh, why not text me on text or call or call or text or send a whatsapp message to 0894304496 or else you can email you can email Friday Sport on Ross of M at Outlook.com or um, GA View on Ross of M at 
outlook.com as well and we'd love to hear from you and we can discuss your ideas as well so uh, thanks very much for tuning in we hope you enjoy what we're going to have for you for the next two hours um, but first of all we're going to kick off with some youth soccer yes that's right as I just said there uh, I was down in uh, Shivan Rovers pitch there on Sunday and uh, I got uh, I got two I got interviews with two with two different coaches there and two different people involved in uh, as I said the, the underage um the underage finals as well two two coaches and that's coming up right after this Hello everyone and you're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself Aidan Raftery and the show is as always kindly sponsored by uh, Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. Well I'm here in uh, Shivan Rovers ground at uh, the finals and um, I'm here with the I'm here with the Glen, Glen Celtic manager Mr. David Brady. David Brady. So uh, yeah it must have been a, it's a great a great start or a great end to the season for you there. Uh, great to win a title and great for the girls and uh, I suppose it gives them a certain uh, motivation going 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 along in the future I do yeah like it's we're still the league and 7th Divisional Cup to come and we're going well It's we have a good team there we won the under 11 last year so it is we have a very good team there so hopefully we'll have a few more trophies in the end of the year some very good players out there that's it and of course um, they, these are still early in their in their uh, career as well so but I suppose like as you see them going along in their career you know as they develop into into better players and go up the grades, you'll have a sense of pride when you see how the, how they progress. Even like to, uh, I suppose, gain our cup and things like that, and grow, go up into adults. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I was involved with the game myself this year with under 14s, and like uh, we did okay in the tournament. We didn't win a game, but we were competitive in every game. So there's a lot of girls out there on both teams, Castlery as well, and like even the teams we played this year, Strokestown, Bala, Donora. There is a very good future there for us, common and district girls soccer league and just a bit of luck hopefully in a couple of years time as you see yourself out there today there's four or five girls out there that would not look out of place playing Gainer Cup against any team in the country that's it and I mean the Gainer Cup is a, is a huge level kind of like the, the it's like the the girls version of the Kennedy Cup really and that's where the, the, they can really uh, learn a lot because they're, they're playing uh, people from all over the clubs from all over the all over the country as well and they, of course it's a great opportunity for, for girls to be spotted as well and uh, that that's kind of where the where the girls want to be. It's it's really for like county leagues, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like because I see this year now we went down and like to be fair to the girls, like we were playing Midlands Galway. Midlands get to the final and Galway and teams like that. And like we, we were competitive in every solitary game. And you could see some of the girls how the week went on improved. And certainly some of them girls will be pushing on maybe to League of Ireland. That would be the next step. And we've girls there that's plenty good enough to play under fifteen, under seventeen League of Ireland. But Galway at Lone, Longford, whichever team we're actually lucky enough in this area we have a lot of teams around geography wise we have a lot of teams in the area in the most common area they can play with and I hope they actually do go on and play because there is a there is a future there for girls in soccer and like you've seen Lee Fahey there from Killallan and I remember her at under 14 gained a cup and now she's captain of Liverpool and over 100 caps for Ireland and like there's other girls there in most common that would have played down through the years as well that would have been played gained a cup and would have played even some level of international soccer so hopefully these girls just take at it and we could have an Irish international in a couple of years time underage and I suppose for you yourself you obviously get a lot of uh, a lot of pride and a lot of satisfaction from coaching these girls what are they like to, to coach and uh, I suppose you know see, seeing them develop under under your uh, under your management or under your coach and what are your thoughts on the girls I know, they're a nice bunch of kids that can sometimes alright to do your head in which most kids do that at times and I probably do their head in but they're easy coach like they want to learn they're interested in playing and like they're very interested like they put in a big effort to train some of them are actually 
actually going to play in an under 14 final here later on four or five of them tagging out for the under 14 so like, they're just mad to play sport and meant to have a sport to play I don't care but they're just mad to play and to be fair they want to learn and you can see it out there like even from last year I can see how much they're improving on since last year and how much they're improving and everything that's it well um, so you know you, you get a great level of satisfaction from seeing the girls and it's great too for, for them and for yourself yeah. that all that coaching that has been done all season it has, it has come to this and uh, you know very much deserved today the, this win this title win but for every every winner there has to be a loser and I suppose the, the, this uh, Castry Celtic team are a very good side as well and I'm sure they'll be back again next season well it's a very young team I think most yeah. of them are under 11 we're the opposite most of our girls are bang on under 12 we've only a couple under 11s so we have a good under 11 team so you're sure Castle will probably be back here next year and they have a good history down there of girls soccer and some good players have come they to gain a cup with a few girls from Castlery down there so they're a young team good players like they just came up against a pretty good team like we not painting we have a good team we have four or five very good players that's strong players and it does make an awful difference so Castlery have been fair place Castlery and they'll be back again no problem and of course um, I suppose it was very satisfactory to see you know not only that they won but they won by a, by a, a good margin as well I'll, what scoreline was maybe a little bit unjust because I suppose Castlery had their chances and they didn't take them we took our chances we have one girl up front that is literally she gets in front of the goal so that was just the difference in the game I don't think the scoreline was a little bit unjust to Castlery but look at uh, they'll be back no problem listen thanks very much for taking the time out to do the interview with us best of luck in the future Hello everyone, how you doing? And you're very welcome back to Friday Sport on Ross FM here. And uh, yeah, so I'm, we're here in Shivan Rovers ground and uh, it's great to be covering the matches here. And I'm with Agnes and and Leah who are involved with the with the Shivan Rovers under-16 girls team who won today. So uh, a big privilege and it's great. To, you, you must be delighted that you won the final. Absolutely. It's been a long time coming with COVID and everything. The girls haven't had, had, had a proper run in a few years. So it's nice to come away today with the win. Tough fought win against Sky Valley. They were great opposition. That's great. And you, Leah, you must be delighted to have picked up the the, the title today. Uh, what are your thoughts? I know it was a great game. It was a hard game as well to play. And I just, Neve Hines, our goal scorer for the two or goals she kept in it. And I want to say there's a few that aren't, were missing, but they may, would have made a big difference as well. But every other girl stepped up to the mark today, so we won it. And it's great to see, like, you know, it goes to show the, the, the caution that you put in, you know, to, to, to win today. You know, all the things that go on beside it. In behind the scenes as well um, to get you today isn't that right? Absolutely and I suppose Mike, Philip and myself have been involved with these girls since really I suppose since most of them are 8 and 9 years of age so it's actually a privilege to still be involved with them now today you know as they make you know our teenagers and are starting to step up to be you know senior women in a few years time just goes to show the future is very bright for the club And how did you get into get your interest in soccer Leah? I was about 4 or 5 I'd say at that stage but I started everyone in my class was playing and we all just decided to start and I loved it since That's great and I suppose really there's great structures in the club as well and it's great to see the growth of of, uh, ladies football not only in in the county, but also in, in Ireland, I suppose the Ireland ladies team is great, and their kind of, I suppose, ambitions that uh, the girls here can have, maybe that one day they can play for the Ireland team or even play like League of Ireland or things like that. 
Absolutely. And I suppose in our 50th year here in the club, we recently celebrated our 50th anniversary at the June Bank Holiday Weekend. You know, there's been a proud tradition of ladies soccer in Shivan. And I suppose it's great to see that carrying forward to today. When we look down, our under 12 girls, our under 14 girls and our under 16 girls are all in respect of finals today. So that's a huge achievement and a proud day for the girls in the club. That's great. And long may it continue. And uh, so what's your ambitions going forward now? You've, you still have a... Uh Plenty, plenty on the plenty of uh, things to look forward to in, in your uh, soccer career. Yeah, I'd, I love playing with the senior women. That's what I'd like to do, and I'd like to maybe even captain that someday. There you go. It's good to have ambition, and uh, belief is a key thing in sport nowadays. And you know, in both men's and ladies' teams, and you know, just to have that drive as well is key, isn't it? Absolutely, and I suppose it's about building a structure where the girls can see themselves stepping up and stepping forward. Like it's lovely to see the girls watching the senior ladies play and I suppose that respect goes both ways we had senior ladies today on the sideline watching our girls and I suppose it's great to just see that mutual support for each other in the club That's it and I suppose another another level uh, from, from this level is the, is the um you know the the Gaynor Cup as well. I was involved with the Kennedy Cup, the Midland School Boys League, and this is the uh, the girls' equivalent. It's it's great to, that that's another level that the ladies can that the girls can aspire to in the future. Absolutely, and it's great. We had representation from the club in the Gaynor Cup. Ashling Murphy represented the club, and it was great to have Ashling there. And I suppose it it's lovely that you know we're now all the one Roscommon District League, and that is doing wonders for great soccer. And I do believe that the extra opportunities the girls are getting will be huge for them you know it'll help the sport going forward that's it and I suppose really for, for girls growing up now you know a lot of the girls would have seen you know Stephanie Roach a great player and uh, I suppose Katie McCabe playing for Liverpool and all that what do you do you, do you think uh, that maybe one day you'll reach those heights or yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of hard work to get to that level. Yeah, there'll be a lot of work putting into it. But what, we, what I love is that every training we come to, we enjoy it. Like That's the way. And every match we go out, we enjoy like playing the match. And the management help out with that an awful lot. <laughs> that's it. And it's great to get the support here. And it, it, I suppose it's an honour for yourselves to host all the finals here today as well. Absolutely. Shivan is, is a great club. I'd often say we're the biggest small club in the country. And we really are. Like we're hosting 12 cup, you know, 12 finals cup and shield here today. You know, we have so many wonderful people in this club. Like there's a huge, huge source of volunteers. Like there's never an issue with anything here. You ask once and there's somebody there to do it. We have a fabulous committee, a fabulous group of managers and players. And our parents are huge too. They're very supportive of the club. And of course, the, the facilities are here, they're fantastic. Like there's three pitches, very nice dress rooms, nice, nice indoor facilities and things like that. But also I think that, you know, the, the league the league deserve credit like for organising it the, the, the amount of effort and I think to promote to promote the ladies game as well obviously Jerry Davis there as well there's a, a lot going on behind the scenes but I suppose you know you work hard as well as coaches and as players as well and yeah I like I that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is as we transition you know into the Roscommon District League the girls you know the opportunities there are huge they're now playing matches every week there's you know they know every day what they're playing they've the mini sevens they've the league like Paul Porrick all of them put in such huge work and sometimes it goes unnoticed except when they're handing trophies out but I know the emails are coming in to me seven days a week 
you know, the hours that those guys are putting in on a voluntary basis is huge. Like, it can't be underestimated what keeps the show on the road, you know. And what's your thoughts on that? I know they put an awful lot of work in and, like, management and, like, the league. Like, it wouldn't be set up here today without the league setting it up. And then, like, an awful lot of people, even from the community, like, they put in work. Like, they were here working on the, on, like, the building over there and they put so much work in it. Even for the 50th anniversary as well, there, there was an awful lot of work put into the Shivan Rovers. And of course, uh, the other side of football too is, is getting very popular, mostly in Dublin, I suppose. But I was talking to Jerry Davis there, and he was saying about you know futsal is very good for improving the technical skills in the game as well. What are your thoughts on that? I suppose last year was the first one of the first years we never broke over winter at all as a club. We kept going as much as we could. Some days we were very lucky. We have an astroturf pitch, so I suppose there was days here when the you know when there was freezing fog above us and we were out training. And I think that is huge just keeping playing keeping the girls playing keeping the girls and the boys in the game the more they're playing the more they learn and do you play futsal yourself or what are your thoughts on futsal I've never played it here for the club but I played it with school once and I really enjoyed it it's a lot like quicker game and like the ball is a lot harder it's, it's more of a skillful game like yeah yeah. I like it though that's great listen thanks very much to you both for doing the interviews and uh, we'll talk to you again soon brilliant thanks, thanks. Very bye much. you're great girl Hello and you're very welcome to this week's League of Ireland chat with myself, Aidan Raftery, on uh, on Friday Sport. And uh, as always, the show is kindly sponsored by uh, Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. So, as always, we have uh, Robbie Br- Robbie um, Robbie Mulvey from Atlone Community Radio to do League of Ireland chat with us. Hello, um, Robbie. How are you? Are you well? How's it going, Ed? Not too bad, no, not too bad, yeah. Uh, more exciting times ahead uh, uh, and stuff going on in the League of Ireland, I suppose, transfers and different different things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see all the activity and the talent that the League is producing. But I suppose, first of all, we can uh, we can start off with the uh, results and fixtures for both the Premier Division and the uh, First Division. Yeah, well, I think it's more relevant to start off with uh, the European action this week, Aidan. That's um, true, yeah. If you want to talk about the Rovers, uh, both Rovers, Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers, um, I think the main one that everybody was watching this week was Shamrock Rovers, their match with the Maltese side Hibernians. Um, excellent performance, although I think many people will say that uh, Ronan Gaffney, the uh, forward, he was very, very lucky to... Uh, stay on the pitch after his uh, involvement with the, um, his coming together with the, um, the Hibernians player. He um, got into a tangle- entanglement with the Hibernians defender and gave him a, a little flick in the face with his boot. And I think if you look back on it, he was very, very lucky to still be on the pitch. But uh, um, at the same time, look, he managed to kind of finish off his chance at the end of the match. He was already 3-0 at that point. I have to also make special mention in that game, two young players who came on that I was very impressed with. There was uh, Idam Owey Macu who came on last year. You might remember he actually came on and scored uh, a winning goal to get um, to get Shamrock Rovers into the next round. That was his first uh, team, first uh, appearance for, uh, I believe it's his first team appearance for Shamrock Rovers last year. And this year, I uh, came on and made a similar impact. He uh, 
had a, a lovely little back heel that led to uh, um, one of the goals as well. So he's definitely a player that I was very impressed with. Another player that came on that really did really well, he was only on for a five-minute cameo, but definitely made a really big impact was young 17-year-old uh, Justin uh, Furizai, um, uh, I should say, uh, Irish from the 17s International, came on and really lit up the place with his cameo. Uh, took players on, nutmegs a plenty, and uh, really made a, a, a really was a bright spark when he came on for a short um, for a short cameo. So I would have to say that uh, um, while well, it was fantastic that um, Sean Rovers got through for me, one of the most exciting things was, was seeing the two of the two of the clubs, British um, young stars, come on and make an impact. And of course, it's, it's exciting to see, and it's a tribute to the to the quality of coaching that these players are getting. That they're that they're you know when they, when they're called upon, you, you know, when they're when their backs against the wall, when the closed backs are against the wall, and they need these young players, and they're on the bench, you know that yeah. the, that the manager has confidence that they know that they can bring these young kids into a game like that, and know that they'll produce the goods, which is great uh, for I suppose for play, uh, players of such a young age to be able to do that is great. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, that's the way it's going now. I think what you're going to see over the next few years is what teams like the Pats and Shamrock Rovers will continue to bring in players uh, both from the League of Ireland and further afield. We've already seen players from uh, the Under-23s League in England come in. We've seen, even at Lone Town, have brought in a number of Dutch players this year to try and make an impact. So that will continue to happen and you'll, you'll continue to see that. But what you will see as well is teams will start to fill out their uh, playing squad with younger players coming up through the academy as well. And uh, that is the future of the league. I think that's, you know, even just this past, uh, just last week, St. Pat's uh, got um, an add-on to the um, to the uh, transfer of Luke McNally, who went from Oxford United to Burnley over up in the championships uh, last week, and they had a, a sell-on clause that meant that they had a, a cut of the transfer uh, money. They also uh, they also um, transferred a young goalkeeper from their youth ranks over to. Um, over to Tottenham Hotspur and I think they're, they're due some money off that too so this is the, the future of the League of Ireland where the, the league will be uh, used as a nursery for the, the country's best and brightest young players and they'll get game time they'll get uh, valuable experience at first team level before moving on to the next level and I think that's that's the future of the league. And of course, uh, there was another young lad as well that got transferred from uh, from Ireland as well, and he was bought by by Stoke. Um, very talented player as well. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, Dara McGuinness. Uh, young Dara, he started out with St. Joseph's Football Club. It's a well-known uh, schoolboy club in Athlone. It's uh, up in Monksland, and he uh, transferred over to St. Uh, sorry, Shamrock Rovers about two years ago, and. He's obviously made a very big impact because now he's been uh, snapped up by Stoke City in England. So, again, the, uh, the, the pathway is there for, for players to make an impact. We've already seen Dara Burns of uh, St. Patrick's Athletic make the move over to um, MK Dons in England. And I think that's the right way to go. Like, if you stay here until you're 19 or 20, get your... Uh, get your leaving cert behind you, get your education behind you, get a few years of first-team football behind you and then make the move. I think that's 
um, that's the, the best way to go and then maybe go to a club like MK Dons who have a track record of developing young players so I think that is definitely uh, the right the right move for, for Dara Burns but also look we've seen Nathan uh, Collins come through the Stoke City uh, ranks maybe that was a, a big factor in Dara going over to Stoke and uh, making the move over there That's it and I suppose really you, you know in the past we would have seen the likes of um you know, we would have seen Mickey Drennan. He he went over to he went over to England as well. Uh, he played for Villa. Very good, a very good player as well. He played for uh, you, you know things. Even though he was very good, he was in the Villa side. Um, but things kind of didn't work. Didn't really work out. So he came back and then he played for uh, and then he played for Shamrock Rovers as well. And then he played for Evergreen United. And uh, you you know things didn't. You know that 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 was as good. And then he played Harlem for a while. But a very ta- it, it just goes to show you, it's great to see all the, this young talent going over, but for every w- one or two or three players that go over and actually make it, there's an awful lot of lads that come back uh, heartbroken because, you know, they're, they're sold a dream and, the, you, know, the, the, you know, and they are good enough, but maybe yeah. they, they might, what they have might be exactly what, I suppose, the, the manager or the coach for, for the club over in England are looking for. They might be... They might be very good, but just not the finished article. And I suppose, really, over there too, they do have to be the polished article to kind of progress in the English league. You know, especially to go from we say championship or even even lower down divisions in 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 England to to kind of progress up to we say Premier League level. But it, it's such a shame. But I suppose that's that's the reality of it. And uh, but it's sad when you see young, talented, and enthusiastic players returning to the league. I suppose that that's the downside. That's the kind of what happened, Mickey Drennan. That's the that's the other side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, that's that's basically what happened to you know to before the Brexit ruling came in, I think a lot of players just, it was the accepted route. You got to 15 or 16, you got scouted by a club in England, you went over and it was potluck as to whether you made it or not, really. It was a case of just being thrown in to uh, to a very large pond of, of potential players and chances are you, you, you would get lost in the crowd or get lost in the cracks. And I think we're seeing, it's not just them... Um, the Brexit situation, which has obviously undoubtedly helped Irish clubs and Irish uh, young players, but also I think it's the level of uh, it's the skills level that have gone up with regards to the, the coaching over the last number of years. I think the um, I think a lot of credit to the um, improvements of Irish youngsters over the last few years has got to go to, in my opinion, at least to uh, Rude Doctor, who stepped down at the end of last year. Uh, he brought in, if you go back and look at his. Uh, development football development plan from 2016 um, to 2020. Um, a lot of that, you see that a lot of traits that are in that plan or are laid out in that plan. You're starting to see a lot of traits in young players that are developing, are developing, or have come up through the ranks over the last few years. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence that Ireland have seen a lot of an injection of a, a lot of young players being put into the first team who have the ability to play football and keep the ball at their feet and be confident about having the ball at their feet. And the Irish senior team are now starting to play uh, first-team football in line with uh, a lot of modern-day international sides as opposed to just relying on, you know, the sort of hit and hope and sort of giving a lash mentality. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing per se wrong with having you know, going out and fighting and scrapping for games. I think that's an important aspect of Irish football, but I think it's also important that 
Irish uh, football owners have the confidence and the belief in themselves to play football at the showcase case, um, skills and abilities uh, that are comparable with any other country in Europe. And I suppose, really, if you look at it, I don't mean to make an, un- an unfair uh, comparison, but we say, you know, that the pre uh, Rude Doctor era compared to the post, uh, our current or post Rude Doctor era, the the players, the players now, and with no disrespect to previous uh, previous players, their their technical ability and their technical skills have come on an awful lot. Um, and uh, as regards to the Rude Doctor side of things, I suppose you know he came in with his development plans, like like you said, and he's gone now. But now that has to be maintained. But it seems to be um, continued on with the coaches, and the coaches are really are doing really well with these young players. And it, it's just a matter of keep, keeping that up as well. Because, I mean, sometimes we say in other sports or whatever, you know, someone can come in and say, right, do this, this and this. And then that person goes and then it's back to square one again. But that doesn't seem to be the situation now at this at this moment in time. They, they seem to have picked up the baton and actually, you know, maybe putting their own twist on it, but, but keeping the basic uh, outline from, from Rude Doctor. Yeah, well, I think if you look at the, the League of Ireland at the moment, it's not just the young players that are coming through. There's a lot of young coaches that are coming through as well. The likes of Tim Clancy, uh, you know, Stephen Bradley. Um, whereas beforehand, it would have been the same faces and the same coaches every single year within the League of Ireland. They, they just would have It's neat to be freshened the, up, the, really, isn't it? It's good to see the, the, a bit of freshness, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas now guys are coming up through the under-17s, under-19s ranks. Um, they're going away, they're getting their coaching badges and they're coming back and they're uh, coming back to coach um, a lot of the, let's say the first division cl- clubs have quite a few that have graduated from that and even with the new second division coming in over the next few years, I reckon you'll see a lot more of that happening over the next few years. But uh, having said that, maybe we should take a look at some of the uh, uh, fixtures for this weekend, yep. That's right, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've got uh, quite a few going on this weekend, and um, so we're going to start with the um, we're going to start with the Premier Division. Uh, Shelburne host Finn Harps this evening at uh, 7:45. Drive to take on Dundalk at 7:45 p.m. as well. That's going to be in the, at the Head in the Game Park. Uh, Waterford take on uh, Wexford at the uh, Waterford. Uh, re- recreational sports or um, the or the recreational sports uh, centre down at uh, Waterford IT. That's going to be at 7:45. Uh, in the uh, first division, sorry, that's the first division game on this weekend. In the other first division games, Trinity United host uh, Longford. That's at 7:45 p.m. Uh, Galway take on Co- uh, Cove Ramblers. That's going to be at Eamon DC Park at 7:45 p.m. And Athlone Town are home tonight in Athlone Town Stadium. Uh, that is going to be at uh, 7.45 p.m. Uh, they're going to be hosting Bray Wonders. So, big game this weekend for Athlone Town. That's it, and it's it's great to see that. And of course, uh, you know the last couple of weeks, I suppose they haven't uh, been, uh, been been at their best. Things haven't gone their way in in recent weeks for for at Lone Town. But I was it's something I meant to kind of ask you last week with with regards to um, I suppose their first team. Uh, you, you know, players like um, Scott Scott Delaney and and players like that. You know, played for St Peter's. I suppose he's he's of the soil, as I say. He's uh, he's a native of Athlone. 
always played very well with St. Peter's and he actually captained at Lone Town as well. Would it be worth giving him a spin back, maybe asking him to return to the fold as well um, because he, he is a quality player? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, look, it, it all depends on what Donald Lennon wants to do or Dermot Lennon wants to do um, at the end of the day look, he wants to kind of keep with the idea of uh, bringing in young players and yeah. giving them their head and I think what he's trying to uh, what he's trying to do I believe is he gave a, quite a number of the young players we talked about yeah, obviously we were talking about the academies uh, about a few minutes ago but I think what he's trying to do is um, at the moment you know there's not too many it's, it's not really an attractive prospect to get involved with his own town if you're like um, yeah. in the Midlands schoolboy league so what, he's, what I suspect that Dermot's trying to do is he's trying to give a couple of young players an opportunity in the first team and the idea is that it gives the impression or the idea to any um, ambitious young players who want to play in the League of Ireland um, the thought that you know there isn't actually a pathway there if, I want, if you join up with his own town so I think he's just trying to develop a culture there and that's that's going to take time I know that we've been saying this perennially for the last number of years it's going to take time it's going to take time and inevitably it, it doesn't work out because basically at the end of the year the whole team breaks up and then at the end uh, the beginning of the season um, it's up to whatever managers in charge to kind of put it back together and so what you've got is a collection of players from the last manager and a whole bunch of new ones who have to gel together in a short period of time and that obviously leads to a very incohesive unit. Um, I think what what Dermot's trying to do is he's trying to develop a culture whereby it's natural for any talented uh, Midland schoolboy league players, uh, either schoolboy or schoolgirl league uh, players, to want to play for a town. town. Um, and he's trying to build it up that way. But that does take time to develop. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I can't see them... You know, obviously, to be fair, Bray aren't exactly in great form either. I know they're not; um, they're struggling at the the bottom of the of the table, and um, they, you know they've had a hard time picking up points over the last few weeks. They're actually seventh in the table at the moment. Um, they've only got three wins this year, so they're going through their own tribulations. So maybe there is an opportunity for uh, Town Town to pick up some points this evening, but it, it's it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a rough second half of the season, I think, for a long time. That's it. No, because I was just saying my, my point, about, I suppose, about having uh, uh, Scott Delaney there will be, you know, I know that he's the manager is looking to bring in, like, use, um, I suppose, more younger players. But having having Scott there with the experience that he has and having captained the team, he'd be a great influence and he'd be a great help and uh, be able to give great advice to the young players but I, I suppose I suppose Dermot has the way has his way of doing things and that's fair enough if it, if it doesn't involve Scott but it was just an idea I, I just thought I'd I, I'd throw in there so uh, I suppose elsewhere in the first division um, Robbie yeah elsewhere in the first division I've already given you the, uh, the fixtures um, for the first division um, there's quite a few on tonight so Waterford take on Wexford uh, Treaty take on Longford Goalie take on Cove and uh, Atlone take on Bray Wanderers. I, I, if I was to pick uh, a game for the weekend, I would pick Watford and Wexford. Wexford have been improving over the last couple of weeks. They've picked up quite a few points and um, they've uh, managed to kind of pull themselves up the league. Um, I think they actually uh, gave, um, I think they actually beat Atlone uh, Town last weekend as well. They're in fifth place at the moment. They've been one of the fastest improving teams within the 
the league. Uh, they're on 27 points along with Treaty United, and um, they're um, you know they are um, they are six points behind Longford Town, and they're going to be looking to get uh, gain some ground. Although Longford Town do have a game in hand on uh, Wexford FC, so. That that game, uh, that obviously, you know, looking at um, uh, looking at Waterford at the moment too, they're looking to get into the uh, promotion shake-up as well. They're uh, a couple of points behind uh, second place Galway United. So, um, you know, obviously, it's it's it's, it's going to be a, uh, they're about seven points behind Galway United. So they're looking to get uh, you know chase their own. Um, of uh, goal and ambition this year as well so that would definitely be the game I would recommend this weekend in the first division and I suppose really looking at the first division um, can you see like if, if you're looking across the board at, at all the teams what players are starting to stand out for you maybe young players or up and coming players that are really really coming through and play, maybe players that uh, to look out for in the future yeah, well, I mentioned this um, a couple of times before, but um, Cork City have quite a number of uh, young players. Mark O'Mahony would be the guy that I'll keep an eye out for. He's played in the Irish in her 17s and 19s over the last year or two, and he's scored in every single game he's played for the under-19 side. Uh, so he would definitely be one guy. Um, Franco Uma uh, uh, is, a, is another guy. He's uh, also an Irish underage international uh, very big physical player, pretty quick on his feet. So uh, those two, from a Cork City point of view, they have plenty of young talent coming through, and those two would definitely be two players to keep an eye out over the next few years. And moving on to the Premier Division, uh, the fixtures for for this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, um, the Premier Division, as I said, uh, there's only one or two on the season. Um, I just went through them there, but uh, we've got Shelburne taking on Finn Harps, uh, United taking on Dundalk. Uh, those are the only two games on uh, this weekend. Next weekend is where it really kicks off, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that next weekend. St. Pat's take on Dundalk in a top uh, in, a, in a top of the table uh, clash. That will be the, the game to watch out for. But for this weekend, there's only two games happening. I would say Drogheda United, if they host uh, Dundalk, that's going to be at the head in the game park up in Drogheda. That's tonight at 7.45pm. So that would definitely be my uh, pick for this week's uh, Premier League, Premier Division match. And I suppose uh, transferring from the men's game over to the, the ladies' game, we're saying on, on how well that, that's going. And uh, I suppose from, from, the, from, from the blueprint of what we were saying about uh, how things are going in the men's game in the League of Ireland, that seems to be transferring through to the ladies', uh, the ladies side of things as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's shown in, in books and spades with regards to the ladies' teams, uh, I suppose Treaty United, Bohemians, all, all the other teams, I suppose Shamrock Rovers as well. It's really, it's really go. It's a real tribute to the the quality of coaching that's going on in the women's game, which is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to give it to. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been very impressed with his hometown lately. I mean, just uh, yet, uh, yesterday, in fact, they had uh, a few uh, players. They had three players. Uh, they had uh, Millie Daly, Grace Gleeson, and Mary Phillips uh, all line out and go um, try out for the Ireland Under Seventeen Assessment Day at the AOL uh, yesterday, at the AOL uh, complex yesterday. Um, over the last number, number of uh, years or so, I've had nearly five, six, seven, eight uh, players in their senior team 
um, either try out or get game time for Irish underage uh, international sides, which is absolutely phenomenal. You look at their uh, form at the moment. Um, they're, I believe they're up to um, they're up to fourth in the league, I believe, um, and they're, they're they're running hard at the um, they're running hard at the, uh, the, the 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 top three in the league. So. You know some of their um, results over the last number of weeks. Like they, they they've run Wexford FC close, Shelburne FC close. They've beaten Piedmont United, which is like a ladies' powerhouse in the, the in the world of ladies' football. So I think you know all credit to Tommy Hewitt and the ladies. I mean they just seem to become this uh, powerhouse in the in, the, in the, the national ladies' league. And don't forget, it's just, they've just been uh, they've just they've just been in the league just two seasons since they've. Yeah. Uh, been established in the league, so I mean they've they've really kind of kicked the afterburners into gear, and uh, they're really showing what they're made of at the moment. And I suppose a byproduct of all that as well is how it's going to benefit uh, Vera Powell's um, international team, the senior team as well going forward. It looks like the the lady senior team will have will have um, has a bright future when you consider all this all this bright talent that's coming through. Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen over the last couple of years, or last year, in, in fact, with the ladies' team, they've had a number of teenagers play with the first team. They've had young 20, 21-year-olds uh, mixed in with some senior players, too. And I think, you know, obviously, they're still in the hunt for a World Cup place, which would be absolutely phenomenal. It would be great to see the, the ladies' team uh, make a, a big final. Obviously, we've seen Northern Ireland take a step into the European stage in uh, the, the European uh, Championships that's on at the moment. It'll be fantastic to see Ireland make the step up onto the world stage. And uh, there's, plenty, there's certainly plenty of talent there um, over the next few years to do so. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do League of Ireland chat and we look forward to doing it all again next week. No worries. Thanks, Ed. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, Robbie. That was Robbie Mulvey from uh, Atlone Community Radio doing League of Ireland chat. This is the story of the 1992 Connacht Minor Football Championship final, which was played on the 26th of July 1992 at Mikhail Park in Castlebar. It resulted in a victory for Roscommon on a scoreline of 10 points to 9. And uh, it was another win for Roscommon coming on the back of the championship win in 1989, where Roscommon beat Mayo in a, re- a Galway in a replay. In 84, where Roscommon beat Mayo in a replay. And in 81, Roscommon beat Mayo also. So um, this was a massive result for Roscommon, who went into the game as huge underdogs, managed by Noel O'Brien of St. Bridget's, with selectors Jimmy Minton from Roscommon, Kevin Young from Boyle, Parks Reynolds from Glass Gales, and Paddy Degnan from Castlereagh. Paddy's son, Kieran Degnan, was the captain of Roscommon on that day, and he received the Tom Kilcoyne Cup from Mick Loftus once the game had completed. Roscommon were dealt a big blow before the final when Ross O'Callaghan, the team captain, suffered a hand injury in a work accident, meaning that he missed the final. So Mayo were the 1991 Connacht champions. They had lost the All-Ireland final in 1991 narrowly to Cork and had a few players left uh, from the 1991 team. So Martin Carney was the manager of the Mayo team and he had played for Donegal in the 70s, in 72 and 74, and then he came on to play for Mayo county of his father and of course Martin Carney went on to be a great uh, reporter and commentator co-commentator on RTE so uh, a lot of the reports said that Mayo could have had few complaints um, that Roscommon were the hungrier team uh, they were more decisive 
and the home side, Mayo, found themselves outclassed in the second period and could well have fallen to a heavier defeat had Roscommon not kicked six wides in that second half period. Roscommon had one wide in the first half against the Breeze, whereas Mayo kicked a total of 13 wides in the whole match. Roscommon led by six points to four at half-time, having played against that Breeze, and all the Mayo lines on the field had been tested by the Roscommon team the midfield defence um, and the uh, forward line, half-back line. The loss of Kenneth Mortimer was a big blow to Mio's hopes for the game. Kenneth Mortimer was the captain of the Mio team. He had starred for St. Charlotte's of Toome in 1992 on a run to the All-Ireland final and he uh, missed the final in 1992. But they still had a lot of star players who would not to play for Mio at later stages, including John Casey, Kieran MacDonald, David Nestor, Jeremy Byrne, and uh, Kenneth Mortar was was uh, injured on that occasion, so they had a lot of players who Fergal Costello as well, who who would have starred for Mayo at senior level and played in All Ireland finals in the nineties, including ninety six, ninety seven. So in retrospect, one report said it um, Mortimer's absence was a fatal blow to Mayo's hopes, which seems a bit strong, but because Mayo still had a very good team, but uh, nonetheless, when you lose your talisman, it was always going to be a big blow, blow to Mayo. But on the same side. Um, Roscommon had uh, lost Ross O'Callaghan and was equally, equally um, as vital and influential to the Roscommon team. So after 12 minutes it was two points apiece. Cahal DC from Mayo had kicked the lead after 20 seconds from play and then Frank Farrell who was from uh, um, the Fiorty Club, he equalised with um, with a point for Roscommon. On the seventh minute Kieran MacDonald scored a free to make it two points to one in favour of Mayo and then on the eighth minute Dermot Washington scored from play from 40 metres out to equalise. So um, in the sixth minute, Mayo had hit the crossbar. Declan McDonough hit the crossbar with a rasper of a shot, which landed about 20 yards out from goal after hitting the crossbar. So uh, Adrian Dory, Dermot Washington, Frank Farrell, Gary McLaughlin were all playing well at this stage. So in the 14th minute, Mark McGovern, who was playing left fullback, and had come in in place of Russell Callahan, he suffered concussion and he had to come off. And... The late Conor Kennelly came on for Roscommon and he had a, a fantastic game. He scored a point, made a lot of running, won a lot of possession and uh, he had a terrific game for Roscommon. It was instrumental in Roscommon's victory. So Roscommon regrouped well after the injury to uh, Mark McGovern. So they became, the game became a little bit dour, according to reports, and uh, Fergal Costello was very, very um, influential for Mayo at left half-back. In the 19th minute, Mayo led by three points to two following a Jeremy Byrne. Uh, point from play, he was playing full forward, Castlebar Mitchell's man. But on the 20th minute, Adrian Dory equalised for Roscommon and made three points apiece. Now, Adrian Dory and Kieran Degnan had very good games in the middle of the field for Roscommon that day, up against Cahal Deasy, who was a fine player, and David Tiernan also, who later went on to play for Charlestown Sarsfields in an All Ireland club final, David Tiernan, the Mio midfielder. Roscommon were doing well at midfield, as I said, and the 25th minute, Dermot Washington had a goal chance saved by the Mio goalkeeper, Donald Hughes. Uh, great pass in from Gary McLaughlin, the St. Foley's man and St. Joseph's player in later times. So Donald Hughes, the Mayo goalkeeper, made a great great save to deny Dermot Washington. Roscommon were undeterred and had a purple patch and hit three points from Frank Farrell and Dermot Washington's two frees. So that put Roscommon in a in a good place, um, 6-4 at 6-3. And then Mayo's called DC missed a point chance before the break. And a pass he got a pass from David Nestor but did not hit the point from play and in injury time, Mio did 
score a point uh, from DC, Carl DC, to leave it six points to four. So Mayo had a strong breeze and they were trailing by six points to four at half time. They missed a lot of frees and Carl DC was their best player. He was from Ballina Stevenites. So in the second half, Mayo started by missing a 13 metre free early on from Kieran MacDonald uh, after a foul by, for, oh, by, um, by a Roscommon player on Declan McDonough. So um, Roscommon then went further ahead in the 38th minute. Conor Kennelly got forward to make it seven points to four for Roscommon playing into the teeth of a very strong breeze. So then Dermot Byrne scored from play to make it seven points to five. And uh, Roscommon had a good ball. Uh, we're winning good ball around the middle of the field again with Kieran Dignan and, and uh, Adrian Dory. Uh, but they had Roscommon squandered some chances. So in the 45th minute, David Nestor scored from play uh, to make it seven points to six. And that was from a fr- uh, and then um, a free from 14 metres brought Mayo back into contention um, with an equaliser. And this, according to the reports, was against the, the run of play. So Carl Deasy got that point to make it seven points apiece after 46 minutes. Mayo then took control for, the, for a few minutes and uh, the game started to swing their way. And there was intense Mayo pressure. The stage of the game was seven points apiece. So in the 50th minute, Mayo got in front from a David O'Loughlin point to make it eight points to seven in favour of Mayo. Then in the 52nd minute, Declan McDonough made it nine points to seven. And uh, it looked very good for Mayo at this stage. So then um, a minute later, Mayo uh, missed a clear goal chance. And on the 53rd minute, Frank Farrell was coming centre-half forward with an outstanding game, went down the field and kicked a point to make it nine points to eight in favour of Mayo. Then on the 56th minute, with the game in the balance, Liam Murray latched on to a, f- a pass from Gary McLaughlin to equalise. So nine points apiece with four minutes to go. Pressure was now on Mayo. So two minutes um, from time, Frank Farrell found Gary McLaughlin straight in on goals in a one-on-one situation with the Mayo goalkeeper. He could have gone for a goal, but Gary kept his composure and he put the ball over the bar to put Roscommon into the lead. So the final two minutes, Mayo had a lot of pressure but the Roscommon defence held firm and eventually referee Pat Furrer, the late Pat Furrer from Galway, blew the final whistle. He handed the match ball to Kieran Degnan, the Roscommon captain, and Roscommon had won the Connacht Championship. So Martin Carney, the Mayo manager, said that Mayo didn't have the same uh, uh, levels that they had in the previous games against Galway and Sligo. He said that Mayo struggled in every sector of the field and that they played in fits and starts. Uh, for Mayo, Cahill DC, Nestor, Byrne, Costello played well. And for Roscommon, Dory, Washington and Frank Farrell played well. So it was a great uh, victory for Roscommon. It set the whole thing up nicely for a Roscommon double that day because the senior team were playing Mayo afterwards in the Connacht senior final. But unfortunately, Mayo proved victorious on that occasion by 114 to 10 points. And uh, Roscommon's Ian and Gavin was famous for bringing down the crossbar in the second half. A repetition of what happened back in 1962 when the crossbar was broken, that time by the late great Aidan Brady in the Connacht final, which Roscommon went on to win. So the Roscommon scorers were Dermot Washington, three points, Liam Murray, Gary McLachlan, Conor Kennelly, uh, Adrian Dory, all a point, and Frank Farrell scored three points. So the Roscommon team was myself, Ray Lannan in goals, Porrick Kelly, uh, Porrick Mullally, and Mark McGovern of the full back line. And then the half back line, Kevin Keegan, then you had Richard Glover, 
Kieran Grogan of Michael Glavis, Adrian Dory of Airog and Kieran Degan of Castlery midfield. Right half forward, Frank Keith Murphy of, of uh, St. Foy, the centre forward you had Frank Farrell of Fiorty and left half forward then Dermot Washington of Glasgales. Then you had Sean Casey from Ballinamine, Gary McLaughlin from St. Foyles and Liam Murray from St. Dominic. So it was a great win by the Roscommon team. And it ensured then that Roscommon went on to play Armagh in the All-Ireland semi-final on the 16th of August, which Armagh went on to win by 3-12 to 13 points. So it's a disappointing semi-final result for Roscommon, but nonetheless, the kind of final victory of 1992 was a victory um, against a superior opposition by the underdog and will live long in the memory of the players that played in the game and particularly myself and everyone else enjoyed that occasion so much particularly the uh, lap of honour at the end of the game going round the field with the Kilcoin Cup and seeing the, the joy on the faces of the Roscommon fans and this is a little uh, reflection or note I wrote about that day and about the whole um match of the 26th of July 1992. I called it One Week Sunday and it's reflecting on the fact that it took place on the 26th of July 1992, the last Sunday of July, the traditional uh, day that everyone climbed Croke Patrick, which is known as the Reek and uh, it's famous uh, all over Ireland and worldwide as as the, the day that Croke Patrick is, is celebrated and climbed by people from all over Ireland and further afield. So this is the story that I had written about the, the day in question. So Galway referee Pat Ferreter blows the final whistle and the feeling of elation sweeps over all of me. Nobody could have given us a chance apart from ourselves and now we were the Connacht minor football champions for 1992. The underdog had thrown off the shackles and with nothing to lose had a go against the reigning provincial title holders Mayo in their own backyard, Mikhail Park Castlebar. This wasn't the greatest Roscommon minor team that ever wore the primrose and blue, but it had put in a great team performance and former president of the GA, Mick Loftus, presented the Tom Kilcoyne Cup to Roscommon captain Kieran Dignan in the driving rain. This one's for you, Rossa, was Kieran's first utterance in his victory speech, a reference to Rossa Callahan, the team captain, who had to miss the final due to a hand injury sustained in a work accident in the run-up to the game. This was a performance full of guts, determination and fearlessness that nobody expected, apart from the team, the management and everybody associated with the team and management. With the cup safely in our grasp and the photographs taken, the team set off in a lap of honour, milking the applause and cheering from a jubilant Roscommon crowd who were hoping for a double win over Mayo later on in the senior final. Seeing the joy on the faces of the Roscommon supporters is something that I cannot erase from my mind. The joy is magnified by the fact that it was an unlikely victory in a tense game that was in the balance right up to the final moments when Gary McLaughlin kicked over the winning point. Halfway around the field in the lap of honour, the thought hits me that we're now on the way to Crow Park for the semi-final. We never discussed that scenario, even for a moment, in the build-up to the Connacht final. The dream of playing for Scotland Crow Park 